Before we get started, if you all want to um, come get your communion, because we'll take communion here in a little bit. I'll, I'll announce it online. You can just bombard the pulpit in an orderly fashion. You may want to grab one for a friend and save trips, but make sure it's an anointed one. <laughs> <It's easy. laughs> yeah, yeah. Hand picked for you and Myrtle. There you go. You're very welcome. <laughs> yeah, of course. You guys are welcome. We got the good glory goblets. Do y'all have? Do y'all have some? You want me to throw one to you? You got right. my my boy Porter's coordinated. He can he can totally get that. Look at that throw, bro. You gotta give me a little. Oh yeah. <laughs> Trace it. That's a catch. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> you Fala, how are you? Good, good. good. <laughs> hey, Sheila Kay, how are you? Oh, no way. Come on, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Next three. <laughs> Welcome everybody online. Lena, Thyson, how are you? Maggie, Laura Carabello, how are you? Bronson Arnault, how are you, my man? Just looking through the comments. Monique Thomas, miss you. Love you. Lisa, how are you? Tom Marley, how are you doing? Jenny Tomei, please send my love to Jason and the family. Hope you guys are doing amazing. Stephanie Randolph, how are you? Faith Mock, the one and only School of Faith Mock, how are you? In Delhi, miss you. Alexandra, how are you? Awesome, welcome, welcome everybody. Quentin Egbert, how are you doing? Everybody's good? You can come at any time if you need any. Zoe, you, you got one? Okay. You snuck up in here, huh? You mind if I leave that with you? Thanks. Brent, you got one? Um... Yeah, so super excited. Welcome, everybody. Um, session five. Oh, okay. Another one. That ne oh, yeah. Zoe, you mind? Zoe can bring it to you. Look, we're servants up in here. She, you, you, customized delivery. Thanks, babe. Um, anyway, super excited. First off, I, I hear we have Tommy's mother with us. I want to tell her, tell her hello. Is she back here? Wave. How are you? So welcome, welcome. We love Tommy and Laura. Super grateful you made time to be with us. Tommy, you got to check it. Hopefully it'll be on YouTube. Kristen as well. They had some powerful testimonies. When was that? Yesterday? No. Yeah. Yeah, yesterday. And the Love Note Glory playlist in the gym. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. We'll jump in and um, pray quick. Session five, School of Faith. And at the end, we'll take communion. And just want to pray again and believe, you know, together, especially when faith is high. That's where the impossible happens. And we're here in person, believe for our students online across the world. And, and really, really excited. So, um, you know, I don't think there's any other announcements. So how many of you have been in the School of Faith with us? 
okay, and then a lot of you um, not. So basically, you know, um, this is session five. It's been a month long. We've done these schools for quite a number of years now, like 2015. And uh, I remember when I first actually, I was waiting upon the Lord in my prayer closet, and the whole blueprint for these schools came years ago. I remember telling Michael, we were together in Orange County, California. He was the first one I told Kulianos. I said, bro, it's like it just dropped, and I saw all the know-how of it. And to start those, guess what it was? Faith. Big step. If you knew the money, people are like, what? I'll never forget somebody ridiculed us because, it, it, you know, you, it, there's an expense to get into the school. And I, I personally wrote this, and I don't have time anymore. But I, was like, I was like, man, he was out of the country. I said, dude, fly here, and I'll just do life with you and teach you these things. The problem is the f flight will cost more to get here <laughs> than it is to run our schools, which they have no idea the cameras and the, and the account and all the projected HD worldwide. And so, but how do you know a lot of your life as a Christian is those steps of faith? And as soon as you get off that path, you go dormant in life and unproductive, and it's just not intended for us, you know? You just start to die. And so we've talked on the necessity of faith, session one, how critical it is, really mandatory for the life of a believer. The just shall walk by and live by faith. You can't even be saved outside of faith, filled with the Holy Spirit outside of faith. Have any of you ever, were you baptized in the Spirit, and you were like, was I really? <laughs> that's how mine was. Me and Ron were talking. Some people got the lightning bolt out of heaven, and that's awesome. You know, just it was undeniable. Mine was kind of like, haba, sata, I don't know. <laughs> was that real, man? I don't know. And so, so I'd work that faith muscle, and then before you know it, just these waves would come. And then, hold on, revelation. And I am filled, you know. And, and um, y'all are like, I don't know. <laughs> y'all are doubting, you know what I'm saying? I'm teasing. Um, but it's just mandatory. I then taught on the gift of faith is initially given to each believer. The Bible talks about even we've all been allotted or given faith equally, the equal measure of faith, which I love that because not only is it just truth. How many of you know we need to know the truth in this hour like never before? The truth sets free. Look, if it's popular or not, if you like it or not, we just need truth. We don't need to, because if you're not careful, you can start to pick apart what you want to hear out of the word, and we just don't need that in this hour. We need the good, hard truth. Good, the bad, the ugly, the fun, the rewarding, whatever it is. And um, I love that the Bible makes it real clear that each believer is allotted the same faith initially. Then from there, you can grow exceedingly in your faith. This is things we've been talking about. And why I like that is it removes the excuses from many that I think we have built in through time. We think, oh, well, that's the Apostle Paul or this is so-and-so. They're just gifted and have greater faith for such when really it's just our walk through time. And um, we talked about how once faith is allotted equally, then grace is still solely upon God's part, but faith is on our part. That's the cooperation. Saved by grace through faith. And this whole walk with the Lord after the door of salvation is really by grace on his, his part through faith on our part. Really critical in that growing... Um, in our faith, the stature thereof, it's not quite like we think. It's really our faith in all of its purity alone, void of unbelief. Because the Bible, if you start to look at it, you're like, hold on, this is grow exceedingly in our faith. So we start to think we need this big, muscular, Tommy-built like faith, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're like, hold on, Jesus says we can move mountains with a mustard seed of faith. So it's not so much the size but he, you start seeing like, oh, he's saying just only believe, though. 
And if you believe and ask, believing with no doubt, James says, then you can move mountains. So it's not so much the stature, it's just removing doubt. So then we spend a lot of time on that, on belief, doubt, fear. Uh, but tonight, I want to talk about how the Bible says, how do we truly use our faith? We talked about it, how it's necessary, grow, all this, but then, okay, how do we actually put it into action that, that proves fruit, that produces fruit, you know? And, um, and I think a lot of us know this, but hopefully it'll illuminate in fresh ways with us, have some fun stories at the end, let you into some of my personal life. And again, don't want to step on toes, but always know at least the way I love to lead, you know, the model we like to lead from is just throw it out there and you sift it through. You know, I don't, you never want to control. I even lead my kids this way. I say, look, just hear the Lord. I advise this. Paul even did this in 1 Corinthians 7. It's funny because it's the inherent word of God, but you see Paul kind of his natural man come out and he goes, look, I don't claim this to be doctrine, but I am a man of the spirit. And I advise this, meaning I, this is the way I would advise. Look, you take it to the Lord or whatever. So certain things I'll share from my own experience. I've got a long ways to go, obviously, and just all, we all do. But I'll normally advise, give scriptural backing, and then, you know, so just don't take it uh, the wrong way or, or whatever um, if it feels that way. So um, two main topics in putting our faith in, in action to make it actually work. Because I, I also love that the Bible is super clear that you can have faith and it be dormant, stagnant, and be nonproductive. You think, well, I've got it, then sweet. But it's like a car full of gas. You have the key, but you just aren't turning it. Nothing's cranking. And I believe this is where a lot of it, get the ball gets dropped and totally speaking for myself. I can look back, even forward on areas where it's like, oh yeah, I'm not implementing this thing the biblical way. And this thing's not cranking. And um, so two of the main ways you see in scripture, not the only, but the main ways to make faith work. Number one, um, if you're taking notes, is speaking. This is massive, and I think, I would say, first off, faith, I believe a lot of us are deep in, and then even this first category, we walk in more. In this last one, I'd say we walk in the least as a whole. It's like the most malnourished area that I see, and I could even speak for my own life. But speaking um, in regards to faith, I'll, I'll start in Acts 3, an example with Peter. touched on a couple of weeks ago, but I'll just read to you. You can, you know, a lot of people love to just receive and take notes later. The archive will be up, I think, all week. I hope I'm not crossing Jasmine. It, to the fifth. Okay. Didn't want to speak out of my lane. You just stay in your lane, you know. You don't, you don't act like you know what you're talking about when you don't. Um, Acts 3, watch this. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from, from, uh, his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Many believe Jesus walked by the same lame man many, many years of his ministry life. Almost left it for Peter and John to ask alms, because you later see he was 40 years old. He had been there. Um, but to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms and fixing his eyes on them, uh, with John, Peter said, uh, look at us. Sorry, I'm fixing his eyes, Peter, on them. Uh, Peter says, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. And right here, watch this. 
He goes, in the name of Jesus Christ. First of all, this is super important. I teach on this in the school of the uh, secret place regarding prayer. Let's just imagine. I love to, I'm very visual. I love to just see things how they are. Let's say the Lord Jesus Christ is right here. The Bible is super clear. When you pray and ask things for it to work, you've got to be in him, in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, ask anything of my Father in my name. Not just it coming off your lips. You can, you can see you've got to be in him, abiding in him. This is very, very powerful. There's sometimes you can abide in him in such a deep place in prayer, and you barely think of prayer, and it happens. Versus you're in Martha world, crying till you're blue in the face, beating the floor, yelling, 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 and you're saying Jesus a million times. Have you ever done that? I've done that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> if I'm loud enough, he'll hear you know. And he's like, that's great. You're, all of it sounds good, but you're not in Jesus' name. So I want to encourage you guys, even, you know, for, for um, just being with him, just get, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. All things will be added. Um, he knows your needs before, you know, you even ask. But you, play from that, you pray from that place. So this is what Peter was doing. He was like, oh, look, he knew he had it too. No question. He was like, let me just, no, he knew like he knew his name. Silver and gold don't have any on me at the moment. But what I do have, I, I, I give to you. He goes, in Jesus' name. And if you see, that was just, there's a colon after that, meaning basically what he's saying is from where I'm, I'm speaking from inside of Jesus Christ, from inside the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Then it's done. When you do anything like that, it's done. And, uh, but it wasn't. But Peter so knows faith, and, and what we're talking about now is speaking it, it's got to operate with speaking often, and we'll see in a second works. And um, so he speaks it first. Watch this. Rise up and walk. If you read, the guy doesn't do anything. Don't even listen to him. No faith. I touched on this a couple of weeks ago. The, the guy totally doesn't rise up, totally does not walk. He's not healed still. You know, and so often, if we're honest, I've done this plenty, rise up and walk. And he doesn't. You're like, okay, well, have a good day. <laughs> we'll pray next week. You know, um, we were in Walmart today. Yeah, precious young lady. She um, prayed for, she had sinus something. And um, I couldn't tell quite. She was in there buying Sudafed. And uh, like in Jesus' name, be healed. And I started prophesying over. She's amazing. She actually, her son goes to school around here. I was like, um, but anyway, but the rise up and walk. And actually both things we're going to highlight tonight are in this one story. You see Peter, and he knew it so well from watching Jesus. But if you read further, watch, it says, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then he took him by the hand, meaning the guy's still down. He didn't obey. It, Peter didn't say, if you can, rise up. He didn't ask him. He told him to do it, and the guy didn't do it. He's still down, lame from birth. That's all he's known his whole life. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle and bones received strength. So the healing never even happened until it was spoken first and then action was put with it. We're going to stay on speaking first, but Peter knew this. He was like, it's got to be spoken into existence first. God said, it's, it's very powerful. And I want to encourage you guys, some of us, um, I can relate. You start to be like, okay, name it, claim it stuff, you know. And, and me and Brent were talking about this yesterday, not the, I've said this throughout these sessions, not the fluffy faith. You know, it starts to get unique out there. I'm talking about raw, you know, depth in the Lord. It, it lines up with his word. The desires of your heart are fulfilled because you, you desire, you know, your, your pleasures in him. 
And so real biblical faith, you're hearing his voice, but also it looks a little crazy sometimes speaking. And I just encourage you, uh, myself and my kids that I speak for a lot just because I can speak for our, our bubble, we don't let anything come out of here. Now, don't get me wrong, we're far from perfect, but if it doesn't line up with this, we won't even, it, there's life and death here. And far too often we let death come out of here and you speak your pathway. Whereas faith loves the substance of speaking and action. It's sitting there. It's a real substance, Hebrews 11 says. It, faith is a substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not yet seen. I forgot to bring my gumball machine. Uh, so sorry. Hey, I want to give it to, to Trip too, man. I'll bring it. Dang. Maybe we'll, are you, I was thinking we'll run home quick and get it. Anyway. But, um, <laughs> a little faith gumballs. But, um, but it's a real substance of faith. Imagine a substance floating in heaven waiting for somebody to speak it so it can attract to it and make it happen. So Peter knew it. He's like, first I'm going to speak this thing. God didn't even listen to me. Nothing changed in the natural. But he spoke it from the name of Jesus Christ in it. And then that is all she wrote. It's like the volcano is about to blow up now. And then he puts action to it. Done. It says then strength. It happened after. Things happen in the moment some, but quite often it happens through speaking and working. And then it happens uh, quite often. You'll see it with Jesus here in a second as well. But also, I love that he grabbed his right hand, never even prayed for the guy. It, the Bible says clearly, if you look do a word study, that the lame aspect was waist down. It was in his feet. So he grabs his right hand. He didn't address the problem. He, he treats him as though he's healed. You understand? Just as like if Trey was sitting down on the floor and like I would as a good friend, just, just or you know, when people fall down on a basketball court or something, you're going to help them up. That's what he did. He grabs him by the right hand. Didn't touch his feet. Never even acknowledged it because he knew he already spoke. The thing's real. Now all I have to do is put action to it, bam, and he's healed. And I would encourage us again, we're going to look crazy, but I say we start baby stepping that way. You know, and people are like, hold on, he's saying something? Yeah, great, you spoke it, you know what I mean? Um, but the reality is clear before us. He's lame. He didn't even move. And now you're grabbing him. You know, in some of the old generals, they work this thing. And again, I'm not trying to get us into a lawsuit, so hear the Lord, but I'm just saying. <laughs> we start yanking wheelchairs and, yeah, you know. <laughs> but also, like, you know, at some point we, we've got to really act faith. And, and I just, again, want to propose the biblical way. So Peter works it in Acts 3, and then I just want to give you a bunch of word um, real quick just uh, to have. Again, the archive will be up. But watch this. Watch speaking um, in accordance with faith. You start to see, oh, my gosh, it's always connected just about to faith. It's very key what comes out of here and so we just speak life and power well you're in denial no no I, I believe this it's just it really comes down to what do you believe more but but I, I I can see it though it's in the natural the natural world is inferior to this though and again unbelievers are going to think you're crazy but after a while they start wondering why you walk in victory all the time and you're like hey you know your results aren't speaking too highly for yourself you know what I mean I know you, it seems real to you right now but why time and time again you walk in defeat you think, I'm crazy. Well, I'm just trying to work this thing. And I believe it's real. And I know the covenant's real. This world, this word is eternal above every name. And, and so you, you guys get it. Now, I'm not trying to say go off and get in some weird debates in Walmart, you know, like when it works, you know. If somebody says something, no, you're wrong, I tell you, you know. You know, be, be normal. <laughs> Christians, man, can get some, be some unique folks, you know. And the world's like, you know. 
They're going to be like, I'm at bridal glory. I'm like, I don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. But, um, but watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. 2 Corinthians 4. And you often see the speaking comes before the happening. You know? The speaking, it, it's got to it's gotta join to that faith to create the unseen to come into the scene. And so I say start speaking. Again, I'm not saying to name it, claim it. That it things, you know, everything can start to get in one side of the ditch. But I also am saying from a true biblical way, be a person of life and faith in the word and, and speak life into the path ahead. You guys know what I mean? And um, watch Romans 4, 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Talking about Abraham. He is our father in the presence of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being what does not exist. The unseen being brought into the scene. How? Get a spiritual lasso and pull it in? No. Speak. There's power in life. And it, Jesus would do it often. I'm getting ahead of my notes. But he would never speak outside of the word. He would speak in accordance with faith and unlock it and pull it in every time. Genesis 1, we all know this one, all throughout the chapter in creation, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let there be firmament. God said, let there be waters. And every time before the real substance came from the unseen realm into the scene, he said it. You, you speak what you want to see happen. And so speaking with faith is really key. Watch even regards to salvation, Romans 10, 9. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe there's the faith in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you see the faith again with speaking, the confessing with your mouth, not just an inner confessing with your mouth. Mark, that's why, too, if you lead people to the Lord, I'd have them out loud. They hear themselves say it, something powerful happens in the spirit, they confess with their mouth. I mean, often a work of faith. Let's get on our knees together. I mean, you know, just pull them in, you know. Um, Mark eleven twenty three. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, not thinks it, not meditates forever, although these things are awesome, who says to it, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Are you guys seeing this in here? Uh, there's, you start seeing speaking in accordance to faith a lot. And so I pray the Lord would just give us a, a fresh awareness of it is all. As again, I, I believe a lot of us know this, but it's like, are we really practicing it? And, and may we be just vocal, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but just such life constantly flowing out of our tongue that matches faith and creates our world, you know, again, for his glory you know, for his purposes, that he would have the reward due his name. Exodus twelve twenty five, For I am the Lord, I will speak the word that I will speak, and it will be performed. He, he got, this is the way God does it. This is the way Jesus does it. So we've got to be little Christ, little Christians of him, and do the same thing. Just mimic his blueprint 
and speak it. And again, you're going to have family members like, what are you saying? But another thing I'll tell you is, and my kids will tell you this, if somebody, even family members, whoever, whatever it may be, although my parents are amazing and family, but I'm just saying at times you'll run into people that their vocal declarations, especially in your house, around your kids and your family, it counters life. And you still want to be in love as you can, but I'll gladly correct it back with faith. You, you shut it down with life. And, and then again, let the fruit prove itself true. It's very important. You don't let words, you know, and that we just be, be a people of faith. Ezekiel 37, he said to me, son of man, we all know this story, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. So again, the dead bones prophecy, it's a prophesying, a speaking over, you know. And I would encourage you guys, mountains we see in Scripture, the speaking aspect is so key in, in accordance to faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. How do you hear unless it's not spoken? Even hearing yourself say it, and, and, um, you know. But a few examples, uh, Jesus spoke to the fig tree. He said also in the Gospels, anything you ask in my name, this is speaking according to faith, ask, believing and not doubting, this is James, we went over this one already, but remember you have to ask, but believe, it's faith in accordance with speaking. Peter spoke, rise up and walk, Acts 3. Jesus spoke to Peter to walk on water, you remember this one. Listen, Peter knew it so well that the vocal declaration that must tie into faith was so critical. He said, no, Jesus, you tell me. You tell me. And when you do it, I know I have something to walk on. The vocal aspect of speaking it is so important and vital and powerful. So Peter knew it. He'd been running with Jesus long enough. He's like, no, something has to be said here or I have nothing to walk on. That's why he was like, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. He's like, now we got something to work with. He doesn't care about the land. He doesn't care about what he sees. The reality is not real at all because he knows the reality of heaven and the power of the word. So once he speaks, he's like, done. Let me pull him into what's real. And it happens. So he's looking at Jesus, longing to step out. He's like, no, but you say it. Jesus spoke it. The invisible platform forms over the water. And he steps out and he's walking on it. But then remember, you had faith at first and let unbelief come in. And that's where your faith exceedingly diminishes instead of grows. He looked at the storm. And he started stepping off of the word of, of God. But speaking, God spoke into existence creation. Jesus spoke regarding the daughter in Mark 5. We went over this one from a different angle a week or two ago. But she was dead. The, the daughter in Mark chapter 5. But Jesus would not speak in accordance with what was real here. He would often do this. He goes, oh, she's just asleep. Oh, come on, Jesus. In denial, are you? She's clearly no, no uh, heartbeat. She's gone. So they, they literally, the Bible says they ridiculed the Son of God. But he's in a, he's a, he's in a more, uh, a greater reality. And this is what we've got to go over to. Let the people think you're crazy. I would rather lean this way the rest of my life and fall flat on my face than, than go this way. Let people ridicule. Let people deny you. But look, me and my house, man, I'm, going, I'm trying to work this thing. But the problem is we've been doing this for years, and I'm like, it's working. Oh, my gosh, that same grip that you had them people, it came off of us. This thing worked. And, oh, it's there. Oh, my gosh, it's there. Keep doing it. It's I'm not done. Say it again. You know? and, uh, and so this is what Jesus did. He's like, not a chance will I walk on that path. That's an inferior world. I'm not doing it. 
There's defeat there. You go around mountains time and time again there. Demacia, how are you doing? So good to see you. Was that not the greatest, her face, when I asked her if that was dogs or not? She was like, I was like, Pedro. She was like, <laughs> that was awesome, man. She's like, you better go to Spanish class. But Jesus, they're all in the natural reality. She's dead, no heartbeat. He goes, that's fine. If y'all like that reality, I'm not a big fan of it. I love faith, which is a substance to pull in the unseen. Y'all love the seen. Go for it. Everybody does that. That's the broad path. Leads to destruction. I like the narrow gate. Few are on it, but listen, there's life there every time. Every time. He goes, oh, no, she's just asleep. You know, you see another time, Lazarus. Oh, no, he, our friend, he goes, our friend has fallen asleep, and I'm going to wake him. He wouldn't say dead. He would not. His words would never align with the natural reality. So listen, I, I pray by the Holy Spirit in his loving kindness, his goodness, no condemnation. You know, we still all have uh, um, a long way to go. So you'll still mess up, that's fine. But like, oh, help me, Lord, help me, Holy Spirit. I want my words to be so pleasing to you. I want to speak the only things you would speak. And let them be so faith-filled and full of power and something heaven can rest on every time. Victory, victory, victory. So Jesus knew the, the value in that, obviously. Uh, Psalm 33, 9 says, For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. Job twenty two twenty eight. we all know and love this one. Uh, decree a thing, and it shall be established. Was that you, Ron? That's awesome. Ron goes, yes. <laughs> he loves that one. Yeah, they have a whole um, the Patricia King thing. And I know many people do. Patricia King's got this decree book. I don't have it, but I know anything she does is just like heavenly. So I would get that too. But, um, but it's, it's, I think it's probably based off of this. But decree a thing. And uh, it be established. I, if you look that up, do a word study in Hebrew, listen to what it says. And you will utter speech. Because sometimes even the internal, I'm telling you, the biblical way is, is out loud. It's verbal. Well, I'm going to sound crazy. Well, man, go in your house and with a few, few that believe with you. That's why Jesus sometimes would have to shut the door. And it meant love to everybody. But just find who you'll see in a second with Elisha. The widow has to do the same thing. But utter speech, speak it. You know, in decree, the, the Hebrew origin says, and you will utter speech. Don't get me wrong, the meditation I teach on that too is super powerful, but in this instance with faith, speaking is very powerful. You will utter speech, and it will be established for you. So on your ways will shine light. That's what it says. Um, so speaking, you know, just speaking. The second one working, and I'll start to land it here pretty quick. Um, this next one, uh, working our faith, putting works to it. And this is, listen, a lot of us know it, but it's so powerful. And I believe, again, needs to be implemented um, like never before. Wedding cake coffee. The tillery's got me. It tastes like wedding cake. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, bridal theme. So James 2, watch this. James chapter 2, so speaking, how, how, how are we implementing our faith? Speaking, key, now working. L listen, there's two kinds of faith. I touched on, I think, the first week. Faith that's alive and faith that's dead. And the Bible says it. Look, if it wasn't in there, I wouldn't teach it. But you can have faith, stored up amounts of it, but it can be dead. 
You can have a pond full of water, but it's stagnant, dead, covered up in algae. You can have a mighty flowing river that you can drink from. Same thing. You can have faith in that crazy, and faith is only instilled in the believers. So there's, that shows you there can be believers with dead faith. And that's where there's not a lot of fruit, and people keep going around mountains, and there's no activity and victory and momentum. So James chapter 2, watch this. Um, starting in verse 14. James says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, watch this, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So the inherent word of God tells you that you can have faith that we've been teaching on all this time, but if we're not careful, it can be totally dead, not, not a dead battery. The car won't start. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, James says, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Faith is shown and proven by works. Hold on, brother. It's all by grace. Don't get into works in and of yourself. I mean, the, the Bible's full of works. You know, Ephesians, I think, uh, no, Revelation 3, I think about the church of Ephesus. Do the works you did at first in regards to returning to your first love. Jesus says it. Do the works you did at first. You'll be rewarding according to your works, rewarded. So works are very powerful and meant to be from the Lord, but not taken away from, done by the grace of the Lord. We know he, he empowers us. But watch this. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Uh, man, listen, I, I didn't really mean to go here, but uh, years ago I was in prayer, and it applied in a season I was in. You know, I was just loving the Lord in my living room uh, back in Prairieville, Louisiana, actually, right outside of Baton Rouge living room for quite a, a while and, and I go into this vision and I saw the prophetic scene of, of uh, Abraham's hand in there with a the knife and it, it really rocked me because it, it was shaking. He was very, it was like nervous, like he didn't want to come down with it. But got that far with the promised son and until then, his faith was dead. It wasn't, it wasn't even accredited right as righteous. You know, he's, the Lord's asked me to do things that he, it's like if he knows you're going to do it, why does he not just reward it then? Does that make sense? But he let Abraham get cut the wood, get Isaac. I'm thinking inner healing for Isaac, man. I'm like, why did you go that far? He saw the knife in the air, you know. I'm like, man, I don't know about that. I'm going to explain to my son, no, I do love you. You know, I, I didn't mean it. It's like, no, dad, you had the knife in there, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I just think like that, you know. But it's a big deal to God. Like he, and so he's had me literally do stuff. He knew, I was like, Lord, I'm way too out here. You see, I'm doing it. But he'll let you get all the way, all the way. Because faith without works is dead. And once that work is completely done and walked out, bam. And then there's life and power. And he's like, yep, that's my boy. I knew he was going to do it, but I need him to model what I need the rest of my, my people to do for all the years and all the stars of his offspring. I need them all to do it. I need them to. My son, Jesus Christ, will do it. The Bible says he learned obedience by what he suffered. That's the word. 
you know. It's not popular, but I'm like, I, I got to have it, Lord. We got, I got one life to do this thing, or whatever it may be, you know. And, uh, but it wrecked me. His hand was just, I was like, whoa, that thing was close. And he, it, you know, he wasn't like, yeah, this will be easy. It was tough. A lot of people say, man, obedience is easy when you're in love with the Lord. You are, but also there's places that aren't. Jesus sweated drops of blood. And he was fully in love with God. Some things he asked you to do, it's a narrow path. It's the cross being born. And although they're, they're both truths, I love them. They're, it is. There's total truth to complete baptism of love that makes obedience easy. But some of it's Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. And it's costly. So anyway, it works. Um, but watch this. Uh, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. Man, that right there is the highest reward. Way more than the breakthrough and the victory, although we know that's, that's kind of a, you know, offshoot blessing from it, but to be a friend with it, that's what this whole thing's about to me. This faith that he, you know, the relational side to it with me, to him, that I'd prove true to be, be obedient and, and do it how he wants it to be done. But he was called a friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Be like, hold up. They didn't say this in the gospels because Jesus knew it'd be penned. How many of you know we need the full counsel of God? You need the full word of God. I'm telling you, there's so much imbalance out there. And, um, and I'm far from full. I, I want to be more, but there's some really interesting stuff. Uh, me and Eric actually were texting the other day on some stuff that somebody came up with, and it just was, it sounded right, but it was, it was lopsided. And I wanted to um, correct it in love only because it's just not truth. And where there's not complete truth, there's no freedom. And you walk in a lack of whatever, but I felt to just, you know, man, okay. Because people just sometimes want to debate and fight. I don't really care about all that. I just care about truth. And, um, but listen, this is clearly says, you see, I thought I was just justified by, by faith, you know, alone, but faith is something. It only comes alive when works are applied. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Are you guys hearing this? So, um, likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So I'm telling you, um, you wonder if I get this Kleenex right there. Uh, if we're honest with ourselves, I, I believe many of us have areas in our, in our life where we've got a savings account on overload of faith, but it's, there's no works to it, so it's dead. Does that make sense to you guys? And, um, and I pray... Again, in God's loving kindness, his goodness, his loving kindness leads us to repentance, which is not some big, oh, forgive me, Lord. You know, it's just, it's a different way of thinking. Like we're going this way and we think we have faith. We know all the scriptures. We think we believe big and we always compare ourselves to others that are doing less, which is easy to do. It makes you feel better. Have you ever done that? You're like, you immediately go to the people that are, are less. You're like, well, I'm doing pretty good. And, uh, but it's like, no, Lord, I want, I want Jesus to be my model. He's the plumb line in the word. And I start realizing, like, oh, yeah, no, there's plenty of areas where I'm not putting works to this thing. And so convict me, Lord. Let me come back to the raw word and let my faith be alive because it can be dead. And I pray the Holy Spirit in his loving kindness 
even by tonight, would start to show us areas of our life where we have faith, uh, but it's dead. And it's pretty encouraging that all we have to do sometimes is simply apply works and it comes alive. And things start shifting, mountains start moving, age-old mountains. Sometimes I'm convinced that mountains have been there because we've just not done it the biblical way. And then we start putting these ideologies on it that, well, God's just teaching me something or I'm on delay and all this. And that's not often the case. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ was all powerful. And often the ways of God are way faster than we think. We're just not ready often. The promised land was intended to be tapped into in 11 days. It took 40 years. And they probably started coming up with theology like, man, but just he's building character. He's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm trying to. And uh, got to open up the earth and swallow half of you because, you, you know. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of us, he's like, no, no, I, listen, holes in my son's hands to this day for you. It's all made available. Faith, I taught you clear how it works. It has to have works applied. And it's just dead because it's, you don't want to take a risk or it's too comfortable or fear of failure, what people may think or whatever. And we stay dormant. He's okay with it. And he'll be, receive you in heaven with a big cheesy smile. And, um, but I just pray, you know, in a loving, challenging way, talking to myself, we just go for this thing. And so, um, yeah, so watch this. Um, some examples of Jesus in regards to working um, faith. Because even Jesus, you'd see him do it. Of course, he is the flawless son of God, created all. He could just sneeze. Well, that's still a work. He could just stand there and not do nothing, and everybody be healed in an instant if he wanted to. But he, he was the model for us. So you see where he spits on the ground? He does active works. He doesn't need to spit on the ground. But he does things, just like Peter and them do. Um, he makes mud, puts it in the blind man's eyes. You think the mud was all of a sudden just this healing ointment? Of course, he's got anointing in him, but he doesn't need to. He, he, he puts works, and you start seeing the prophets do it. It's all over the word. And I think there's ways by the Spirit we can start to hear how we can work things and that he's in, and it's not some, like, weird, you know, anyway. But it's just, it's, it's raw faith. Wigglesworth would do this. Spit on the ground, made mud. He put it in the blind man's eyes in John 9. And then made him work. He told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. Remember that? If he didn't put that action, if there was faith already there. If he didn't walk and wash, he was not going to be healed. So the spitting and the mud didn't even do it. He, he put it on him, and now he made him work. You see what he's doing here? There was a work brought into the equation of faith, and that's what triggered the healing. Um, he put his fingers in ears. I'll do that one sometimes. Not the funnest, but... I'm just like, man, it's biblical. Let's go for it. Deaf and dumb spirit. I mean, you just cram it, get some earwax, you know. <laughs> I just want to be healed. I can wash my hands later. Um, he sent 10 lepers. <laughs> to, what? What's that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Use some Q-tips for crying out loud. Um, did I ever tell you all the stories? Some of you probably heard it, the, the um, deaf people in the Walmart parking lot. I was just born again. Yeah, so I tried, man, but it was, they should have had this on YouTube. I don't think YouTube was out yet. It would have been like a million hits in one night <laughs> for like just laughter, pure comedy. So I'm in Walmart. I was still in Baton Rouge at the time, and uh, I'm coming out of the store or whatever, and there's a whole pack of deaf people, a whole squad, probably five of them or something. And I'm like, I'm just hungry. I think either just got out of Bible college or something. I'm thinking, man, hadn't seen deaf ears open yet. And uh, so they're clearly all doing this. I don't know sign language. 
And I come up in the Walmart parking lot and I look at him and I go, hi there. It was so, so bad. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> and they're all like right away like, who's this guy? I was like, I, I'm not kidding, this is bad. I go, I preach the Bible. I'm, I was hoping they could read lips real well. I go, I go, if I pray for you, your ears will open. I, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm just doing, I'm not like, you know, big calculated, no prophetic flowing yet or nothing. I'm just sheer doing math. I'm thinking five people. Two ears a person. We got ten deaf ears here. Like I, I got good odds. At least one's gonna open. You know, I'm just going just sheer numbers. So I'm doing this whole thing, and then I'm waiting for the response. They're all like looking at me, <laughs> super awkward, awkward at the highest level. They all look at each other and do some type of sign language, and they just take off and run away from me. I'm like, man, throw me a bone, Lord. I'm trying. You know, they just they're just gone, man. They're like this is a weirdo. <laughs> I was trying to make my faith work, but <laughs> so um, Jesus, another time, he sent ten lepers. Remember to go see the priest. They weren't; and they were healed on the way. He he knew to add works to it, and again set a model for us. Often we want to look and be like, "But I'm not healed yet. Why would I go to the priest? That he's going to say the same thing he always has, and they're going to shun me or whatever." But he, just listen to him, when, especially if you can pray and lock in. The, and he says something, and you still can't see it, just do what he says. Walk the thing. Just do it. Just do it. Don't, don't overthink it. You'll get in logic, and you won't do it. Just hear him. Often, I'll on purpose. I talked to Michael about it, Clarence, because you, know, you start to, the, the more steps you take, and many of you can relate, you start getting into higher risks. And there's more responsibility and accountability and weight if you're not careful. So you start looking at what could be storms, you can start to sink. And so a lot of times in the natural, it wouldn't look wise. Meaning it, you know, it can look like things, well, you better, you know, da 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 da, da. But often, I just got to do my best to hear him, have him speak it, and walk clear on his words. And then I won't even look sometimes left or right because I know, I, I know me. And just as humans, you can start to be like, whoa, 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 and you want to back up. So that's why it's so key. We keep our eyes on him. Everything's back to the secret place, you know, knowing him, being deep in his presence and his word. And, and so that's because cause the more he's your only lens, his world's your reality. And then the word, it's the only thing you take in. So you start your face super high. It's pure. The other stuff becomes lesser of a reality. It gets easier to walk on, you know, greater responsibility. And so, um, but yeah, me and Michael talk about it. Sometimes it's just better not to even look when you know he spoke. You guys know what I mean? Now I'm talking about fluffy stuff, but... Um, so, um, you see where he, he sends 10 lepers, he made them work. He could have healed them right on the spot, but he had them walk into it. Um, when Jesus turned water to wine in, in the gospel of John, I think chapter two, he tells them, go get six ceremonial cleansing vessels. Remember? And he says, put water in them. He turns the water to wine. He could have put wine in them supernaturally. He didn't need water, but it was a work he put them into. And then he worked with it, with it, with the faith, and, and did a miracle. I'm telling you, I think heaven's going to start if we if we'll really lean in and just realize this is the word. He's going to start giving you supernatural blueprints of things to work, and he's going to match you by the miraculous in faith. Really, and it's going to look crazy, and people are going to think you lost your marbles, but it's like they can't deny the fruit, they can't deny the results, and it's going to be wild stuff. That's just the biblical way. 
So you don't need to blurt it out and put it all over Instagram. But I, I, I think he's going to be giving you stuff, you know. Ah, the loaves and the fish. We all love that. Feeding the 5,000. It's the only miracle mentioned in all four Gospels. There's so much there. But when he feeds the 5,000, it's the only phenomena, supernatural occurrence that Jesus performed that all Gospels picked it up. And, uh, but one of the aspects of it, five loaves, two, uh, sorry, five fish, two loaves, we all know it. Um, or am I flipping it? Is it five loaves, two fish? Five loaves, two fish. Yeah, I forgot how I mixed it up. But you see where he blesses it, breaks the bread, and then it all multiplies and fills in baskets and they delegate it. No. He gives it to the disciples and they just start handing it out. They work it. We want, if we're honest, we want it all to multiply first and then like, praise God, now we'll feed. It never works that way. Very rarely, I'll say. I shouldn't say never, but about 90% of kingdom activity works that way. Jesus is like, no, just do what I'm telling you. Go break the bread and start giving it out. And you're like, all right, there's 5,000 people. I got enough for these first two people. <laughs> and you break it, and you're like, here's the last one. Break it. Wait. Whoa, break it. Whoa, whoa. And it just keeps coming. Every time I've heard of real supernatural food multiplications, like David and Hogan and them have had it happen. It's never first. They just got way too many pastors show up and hear about a conference and they've got a little bit of food and they just keep serving and it never, it just starts not running out. And then it just keeps multiplying. They're like, what in the world? But what we want to do is be like, hold on, tell all the pastors, stay out at the gate. Lord, multiply in Jesus' name. And it just stay there. We're like, nope, tell them go home. Because we didn't see it first. Because we're so bent on what we see as reality. And faith does not work that way. It's looking for a voice and works to, to explode with it. And then it brings into the scene uh, that which was unseen. So he even works. He, he gives it to them. They just obey, and then all of a sudden it just keeps multiplying. I can't believe what they were thinking as it was multiplying. You know, can you imagine like some McDonald's fries or something, and they just never end? Hopefully they're real good and salty and, you know. Did you say fresh and salty? Yes, Lord. You ever get the real floppy ones? Do you all like those that just... I don't like those. They gotta be like crispy, just right with some salt. Yeah. Anyway. But you know the works he put to it, and then it multiplies. Um, I'm gonna jump to some verses in Second Kings, four one seven. I'll start landing it pretty quick. Second Kings. Elisha was a master at this. Four one through seven. Watch this. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? This is big. I pray Revelation hits us, really, right now, to change our life. I really believe there's stuff we have right now that the Lord's trying to use what we have. We're, and we're neglecting it, and he just needs you to do that and put faith, speaking, and working around it, and it will explode. And we're thinking there's got to be some other new thing, and, he's, and Elisha knows how this works. He's a master at it. He goes, okay, what do you have in your house? He's like, watch this. What do you have? He didn't care what you had. He just said, what is it? He didn't even know. He's like, what do you have? Um, she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. He's like, there it is. That's all I need. And he's like, watch this. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. 
You see what Elisha does here? He's like, go gather many, many vessels. My thing is, like, had she known this was going to happen, she would have emptied out the entire nation probably. <laughs> but she's probably thinking, all right, he's the prophet, but you knew she was already not believing. Like, I have nothing but a jar of oil. And I think often that's what it is, and the Lord's trying to speak by the Holy Spirit. No, listen to me. That what you have, now by faith, why would you, if all you have is a jar, why would you get a bunch of vessels? It's all works and, and believing of that which is unseen coming into the scene. He goes, don't just gather a few. And when you have come in, watch this, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. You see the shutting the door again? Go borrow them from your neighbors, but they're going to think you're crazy. So when you go back in, shut the door. So they don't know what you're doing with the vessels because their doubt and unbelief is going to blur the situation. Just like Peter, Jesus, remember? So there's still a shutting in. That's what I'm saying. Don't go out to Walmart and be like, hey, you know, I'm speaking crazy, you know, whatever, invisible into the visible. Um, it can be done before you and the Lord. But she clears out all the neighbor's vessels, comes into the house, shuts the door, he says. It's kind of like you'd think if he's about to do such an amazing miracle, let the doors be seen. Tell the neighbors, come see this. That they'll know the prophet is a true prophet of the Lord and they get born again. No, he knows doubt mixed into faith can blur the situation. This is where you shut the door. But watch this. Um, and when you have come in, shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. He said to her, mom, we ain't got no more. Brian version. There's not another one. And you know, she was thinking, dang it. <laughs> what in the world? There was many more the next neighborhood over or whatever. But in whatever faith, faith realm she had, she got the vessels, and sure enough, like the breaking bread and the fish, it just poured and kept pouring and pouring. And he said to her, there's not another, so the oil ceased. See, often our faith, our works put into it, the faith can only work to the, uh, can only be uh, coming to fruition to the works we match to it. You understand what I'm saying? So I say go big and again, let's just fail on the side of getting too many vessels. And if it pours out and barely fills up one, man, I tried. I'd rather do that. Do you guys hearing me? Like we need to start going this way. Just work it. And it, we'll all think we're crazy together. You know what I mean? But when the thing keeps pouring, we're going, oh my gosh, we're on to something. And so, you know, she pours, it keeps pouring, fills all the vessels. And she came and told the man of God. He said, go sell the oil, pay your debt. You and your sons live on the rest. Meaning if she would have had 30 more vessels, they could have, she could have retired. Meaning the oil was going to pour as long as the vessels were there. But as soon as the vessel stopped, it ceased. There was no limit. He didn't care. He just told her, listen, listen to me. Do not get a few. Get many. And so I think the Lord's going to speak to us. What do you have? L really, I really feel this. Like, like, please pray and ask. You could come in a dream. There's something you have that the word of the Lord is trying to look at. Be like, yeah, give me that right now. And set up faith around it. It's going to look crazy. But build Vessels around it, I'm trying to increase. D does this make sense to you guys? But it will take works. You've got to go ask your neighbors. They already know you're broke. You're on your last jar. They think you're the crazy lady in town. Your dad, you know, your husband just died. You're just borrowing vessels, probably not saying for what. And uh, the miracle will happen. Second Kings 6, um, 1 through 6.
And the son, we're talking about works, working faith. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, see now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan. Let every man take a beam uh, from there. Let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, go. Then one said, please come with us. He said, I'll go. Verse four, so he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in the water, and he made the iron float. You see, he worked faith. There's no way a stick can make an iron float, a piece of iron float. But he knew the working, where's it at? And then by faith you work it, and it triggers the supernatural. Does that make sense to you guys? And so the working, he knew it, uh, 2 Kings 2, 19. Same thing where he heals the water. Watch this, Elisha. You would see he didn't pray. There was actual functioning works he'd put, he would implement to make it work. Does that make sense to you guys? And, uh, I mean, it's all throughout the word. Moses put the staff in the water. Uh, the priest under Joshua, when they want to cross the Jordan, the, the instructions are super clear. The, the feet of the priest have to touch the water. There's works. It has to be done. What we want to do, figuratively speaking, is sit on the side of the Jordan. Come on, shakalaka. You know. <laughs> I know the promised land's over there. Please, yama na na na. You know what I mean? Just split. Split in Jesus' name. And uh, he's like, no, I need you to work, though, and put your feet in. You got to step, faith steps. And as soon as those feet of the priest touched the water, oh, my gosh, it worked. And far too often we're big faith, but it's dead. We know all the verses. We've been in the circles, the conferences, the hands laid on in the prophecies, but we're sitting there, and it never splits. We're sitting there with our bread Jesus gave us, but we don't want to go give it out. And we're just stuck with two loaves. And we're stuck on this side of the Jordan. You understand? And so it's, it, there's works. You see it all the time. When, when this kingdom wants to unlock and hit the earth, you're going to find works playing with it. Because faith without it is dead. And something dead, there's no life. Nothing can happen. Um, but watch the cleansing of the water. Then the men, uh, verse 19, 2 Kings chapter 2. Then the men of the city said to Elisha, please notice the situation of the city is pleasant as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the ground barren. He said to him, bring me a new bowl. Put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the source of the water and cast it in the salt there and said, thus says the Lord, I have healed this water from, uh, from it. There shall be no more death or barrenness. So the water remains healed to this day. All he did was put some works with his faith, a bowl of salt. He just chunks it in there and then speaks though. You saw he spoke too here. But there's acts, there's, there's, there's works that must come in, in tandem with our faith. And... Um, uh, man, I, re I was reminded of some. I can maybe give you some of our personal life or whatever, but just to encourage you. But some I love. Again, I just walk in what grace you're at or what window you're at. But some of the greats, I'm telling you, they just work this thing. Uh, and one, as you all know, Smith Wigglesworth. There's a story or an account, really, an account where uh, there was a man dead. They invited him over, and he was not yet brought to the morgue. He was to let the house back in this study or whatever, still in like the casket or something, but a dead body behind these double glass doors. Uh, and they had family and people over there. 
Well, they say Smith Wigglesworth walks in the door. Number one, they said he was very loud. Like if he yelled and spoke in faith, you'd hear him blocks away. He was a man of authority. He spoke with exclamation marks. And they say he walks in the door, didn't say hey to anybody, sees a dead body, goes boom, straight through the glass doors. And, and, and listen, I've been feeling it. A lot of you guys that follow us and travel, I've been preaching John G. Lake. I, I just feel like in this hour, we need some people, man, that are just bold. Again, super humble, though. You know what I mean. Character of the Lord, but walking this thing out with power. Representing Jesus how he should be. Peter and Paul and, and the generals. And then this hour with, with fear trying to come into the earth and all the whatever it is. It doesn't even matter to us because of the covenant we're under. And I'm talking about raw power. And, and some of these generals, it, they just lived it. It was reality. They said Smith Wigglesworth never read another book than the Bible his entire life. He didn't get, get into ministry till the age of 40. He was a plumber. He didn't know hardly anything. Very rough from Europe. And, uh, but he walks in, sees a dead body, acknowledges no one. He goes straight through to the problem. Glass doors. Sees the body, they see him through the glass doors. <clears throat> Picks the dead body up out of the casket, finds a corner in the room. He works faith. Again, hear the Lord. I'm not trying to get us into lawsuits, but I'm, I'm wanting to, you know what I'm saying. I mean, we're, we're trying to, you know, uh, remember me and Brent had a rare occasion where we were able to pray for a dead body. Man, we just, come on, man. Let's do this. I've had three chances, and uh, you give me another one. I'm, I'm just, depending on, you know, you got legal stuff you got to watch, but. Another one is a lady. Um, anyway, but, but this uh, picks the dead body up, puts him in a corner, loud, walk in Jesus' name. And he steps, he steps back. They say the dead body's in the corner, goes, slides down, and wham, hits the floor dead. He, he was arrested many times, Smith Wigglesworth, for practicing healing without a license. He wasn't a doctor, but he was healing the sick, and he would get arrested. He didn't care. He'd come out preaching healing the sick. He didn't care. So he picks the dead body up the second time, slams him in the corner, yells, rise, walk. Walks off, dead body, just slides down the corner, hits the floor. Right then, first time, I'd be like, okay, sorry, guys, fixed his coat, <laughs> put him back in there, combed his hair. Sorry, I know he meant so much to you. I'm trying, you know. Smith's like, nah. He's like, Peter, I don't care if you look lame. I spoke it in the name of Jesus Christ. My world's more real. So a third time, Jesus even did that. Remember with the blind man? He prayed, nothing happened. I want to encourage you guys, let's just get tenacious a little bit and just press for this thing and just start to take baby steps, hear the Lord, but just pray, pray again, pray again, pray again. If they want prayer, keep praying. Pray, check it, check it, pray. And um, so a third time, picks him up, slams him in the corner, yells again, rise and walk. Boom, dude comes back to life. Rose him from the dead before he went to the castle. Yeah, another one. He was, uh, there was a baby brought to him that they, they were able to sneak out and get off to him. It was like a deadly situation for their, their son, their spine, and it, it was sticking out some crazy miracle uh, that happened, and the baby was going to die. Again, you hear the Lord. Everybody online, I said this. You hear the Lord. Uh, but, and, and I'll tell you, me and my children, we, we, yeah, you wouldn't probably apply wisdom from the national on some things we do, but I don't care. Man, this word's real, and we see it work. I'm just telling you, see it work. You can't deny the fruit for him. I have nothing to do with it. It's him. It's his word. It's real. This thing's so real. I can attest to it. They've seen it time and time again. So he goes, uh, he gets the baby. He, he hears the Lord. He's praying. He looks at the parents. He says, will you allow me to do what the Lord just told me to do? And they go, uh, yes, please. And their baby's going to die anyway. He gets the baby, punts it like a soccer ball, football, wham, 
kicks the baby. You, you knew of this story? Oh, yeah. No, this is legit. Uh, yeah, again, hear the Lord. <laughs> no lawsuits, brought of glory. Uh, but my point is, faith sometimes, you know, I mean, Jesus made mud, slammed it in his eyes. That's not cool. People are going to be like, what are you doing right now? You got it on my new or whatever. But um, punts the baby. They run over to check. They thought surely instantly healed. Complete miracle. Sometimes Smith Wigglesworth, he would say like he, um, he'd be preaching. He, sometimes he would say if the Holy Ghost, and hear this, he knew the word. But he'd say if the Holy Ghost doesn't move, I'll move him. Meaning he knew faith worked. Of course he knew. He, you, know, you can't make God do anything, but he knew how it worked. And he, he, would, he would literally step in the meeting and say, the first person who steps foot in the aisle will be healed. People rush to the aisle. Bam, complete healing. Wham. He was just raw. Jack Coe, they said, he would just line up wheelchairs and just run down and yank them. Work faith. Yank them. He didn't care what your problem was. How long? No. Tons of miracles. There's, they have some of those on YouTube. Incredible. You see Jack Coe, they called him, um, I forget, but his faith was raw and crazy. They have one where it's still a a boil of a skin cancer. He literally prays and it pops right off brand new skin. Another lady, I love this one, her eyes are all all crossed and stuck. And they get get a mirror, they look at her, this is all on camera. She's totally crossed out. He goes, in Jesus' name, he slams his hand on her eyes and just Jesus' name. And he pulls them off and they bang, they come back straight, totally healed, like bona fide miracles. Um, Tons with with Hogan and Heidi and certain ones in the earth. and we, we need it to, to hit the earth again. Listen, I, I remember a vision I saw. Okay, just historic record. Everybody knows this, that knows any kind of history in the church. The Latter-day Movement, it was called. It was William Branham, Jack Coe, A.A. A. Allen. It was a phenomena of power that hit the earth that, that the earth has not seen since. It's, it's known. It's a known thing. I'm talking about the bona fide miracles. There was 26 creative miracles in a young boy's body that happened at A.A. A. Allen's meeting documented. They said A.A. Allen got so hungry for the power of God, he told his wife, he, he said, I'm going to lock up and fasting and praying. I do not come get me. He would on purpose have her like bury her off the door and lock it so he couldn't get out. And she laughed at him because the first time he did that, like within three hours, he's like, can I get out, please? <laughs> he was hungry or something. So she laughs at him because no, I'm for real this time. So he locks up and he went after heaven. I don't know how many days, water only, just, just went after the Lord or something. And, um, God came to him, and, and there was 13 things the Lord told him to give up. And the 13th one was so intimate, he never re- recorded it. Nobody knew what it was. It was between him and the Lord. And, and something happened during that encounter. He came out in such power. Miracles, his meetings were insane. Shambach came up under him. R.W. Shambach was his worship leader. Shambach was bold. Some of them just, they had this thing. And I feel like society's gotten so soft and politically correct. And, you know, if we're not careful, it'll get on us. And we're just not to, meant to be that people. We're, we're a peculiar people. And this book is for us, and this is what we do. We don't fit in. We don't please people. If you do, awesome, but we please God. We do it his way. And, uh, again, not trying on purpose. Some people just have that thing about them. They want to agitate people, and I'm not that way. You know, In peace, love, um, you guys know what I mean. But R.W. Schambach, in his lines, he would get five bucket gallons of oil. He'd go elbow deep, come out and just slosh people, pow, and anointing and healing. You know, he didn't do the little, you know, he just wham. <laughs> And, uh, but it's known that, that latter, uh, latter rain movement, William Branham, Jack Coe, or Roberts was on the tail end. A lot of these guys, Gordon Lindsay helped for, forerun it. We've not yet seen it. Well, I went into a vision years ago where I saw 
And it was even black and white, like their day, their attire, everything, the people, the company from that hour. I saw them sprinting into our day to see the miracles and the power that would flow in our day. Sprinting, which told me, and I wasn't trying to see that. I just loved the Lord. But I'm telling you, there's a movement coming where the, the, the body of Christ is going to be so biblical and in love with Jesus first and foremost that the, the miracles are going to be like something we've never yet seen. And they were running into our hour. <coughs> Sorry, I should have. Yeah. Uh, that was a Smith Wigglesworth yell. But, um, yeah, so let me see. Oh, yeah, I'll go ahead and land it. But, um, but I do want to encourage you guys. It, it, it takes works, you know. Um, and I say anything, again, that's not biblical, like... <clears throat> Just don't, don't yield to it, you know, and, 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 but also if you do, don't be hard on yourself. There's no condemnation. I'm just, you guys hear what I'm trying to condone. Like, let's go this way. Let's take baby steps this way, you know. Um, I didn't, I, I think, was it uh, Shireen or, or somebody, a testimony I saw, ate shrimp. Who was that? Are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she was, uh, so were you allergic, allergic to shellfish? Whoa. I, I, like I yeah. Come on, Jesus. Shireen, right? Shireen, yeah. So, isn't that amazing? Um, so, she had heard the class. I don't even know it. It came in the moment, but the thing was Zoe, remember? And so, she's like, forget that. Because <laughs> she had been allergic to shellfish ever since. So, went to Popeye's on purpose, bought shrimp, ate it, totally healed. Sometimes it's just that works applied to faith and just break it. And so now anymore, I'm just being honest with you. I'm not trying to, again, it's the Lord. It's his word. But now anymore, stuff doesn't hold long, if anything, if stand at all. It will feel an early resistance, and we just fifth gear the other way. You know what I mean? Me, Judas, no, no, not, not on my watch. Like if even a symptom comes, I'm working out harder that day. Give me the heavier box. I'm, I'm healed. The word says I'm healed, and it'll, it, you snap it, and you start to gain authority, and then it just can't even, it just slips. These, these things come. I begin to learn it back when um, uh, i be preaching in the field, and, you know, you can easily get things or whatever, and there, I would never tell our team. Having a couple times, and I woke up like, completely ill, like I was about to puke in any, any given second. Totally nausea. You know the feeling. i got to preach that morning. There's souls on the line. We promoted crusades, and I'm thinking, not a chance. Not a chance. I, I, the gospel's on the line. There's souls. I'm healed. The Word says, well, but you feel a certain way. That's a lie. But you're in denial. No, I'm not. The Word is truth. And right then, you have a choice to make. You can work and go into faith or submit but then when you submit to the enemy, you can't resist him. You've got to submit to God, resist the enemy, and he'll flee. And so I would literally bust whole ride there, about to puke going, oh, just not in front of the team. Just help me, Lord. And nobody knew, and I'd get in the pulpit and just bring it, man. And, oh, that's another thing. The kids, they know me. You, you say so you come against me in sickness, oh, I'm finding a window. I'm going after it. I'm going to just, in Jesus' name, I'm going specifically after miracles and healings and amp it up. I remember a dear friend of mine, we were in a meeting, healings were happening, and all of a sudden a catastrophe happened in the altar. Um, I'll just turn it off and on. And, and so uh, a thing happened with, with the bodies down front. John Arnott, general, he comes up, I found out later, he whispers in, in his ear. These are what the generals do. They just don't tell you about behind doors. They play no games with the enemy. Anything on the fear side, you defy it. You just go more, five more gears into faith. You, you work it. 
You, you, you know, and, uh, well, but it's all by grace. Yeah, but with works. And so John Arnott goes up and whispers in his ear. He goes, you know what you got to do now, right? He's like, what? He's like, go for the craziest miracles you ever saw. Because the enemy tried to throw a curveball into the meeting. And so he's telling you, go, you just, man, defy it. Go the other way. And what if nobody gets healed? Oh, well, I went out swinging. You know what I mean? You just go that way. So he knows, like, like the track record, you, you come at us, not only or we are going to be the most impossible ones to submit to, not, not a chance, but now you will pay. I'm coming after miracles, full-out healings. You will pay souls something. It will cost you. If you try us in an opposing way, try your hand, but I'm coming. And, and Jesus Christ, greater is he that's in me. So you can pick whatever battle you want. It's not arrogance in me. I'm nothing. It's him. But that we have, the, have this tenacious go for it. You start sensing lack coming. What can I give? I'm going generosity for sure. Every time. I'll give my shoe if it's the last thing I got. It's not going to, lack will not have a hold on me. It's not a chance. You got to get kind of militant because fear will want to pull you. Hold on, submit. I, I feel sick. Let me lay in bed till my fever breaks. That's all a lie from hell. That's the worldly way, I'm telling you. Sorry, I don't want to step on toes, but I don't, we don't do fever breaking nothing. It looses me now. I do healing. That's what the word says. And then I, I promote healing everywhere we go. COVID ramped up. I traveled more than I ever knew. We're up in the middle of bodies and sweat and judo's whipping me up, kids, whatever. We don't do, and I'm not trying to, I'm just saying the word. And not a, not a thing. We just, you heal the sick. You don't get sick. You are the remedy because Jesus Christ is in you. And so, but also it takes, you know what I mean? Like a defiant. And if we're honest, we're not all there. I've got a long ways to go. I'm not pulling dead bodies three times in a corner. I pray I would, but you know what I'm saying? Um, but wherever we're at, let's start going this way. Cause I think if we're not careful often for years, we've had faith, but it's dead. Because something will come, we yield to it, and it's just the same old thing, and there's no victory in that area. But whatever it may be, I want to encourage you guys, let's just go more and more this way, you know. Um, yeah, there's more stories I want to tell, but, um, <clears throat> but yeah, speaking and, uh, and working, they, they matter, or your faith can be dead, you know. And I pray the Lord would help us in whatever area it may be. I just touched on a couple, but that would begin to see the um, faith in action with works and watch it come alive, come alive. So um, I have here, uh, when mountains are in the way and steps ahead look impossible, uh, make sure you hear God. Uh, you begin to walk right at the mountain, right toward the impossible situation, and sure enough, it starts to move. The, the work, sometimes we want to, again, like the fish or whatever else, we want to see the mountain. You do speak to it. But sometimes you've got to work and start walking towards it. We often, I've been guilty of this plenty, we speak to it, Jesus' name, and it's not budging. And we're like, man, we sit back down. But sometimes if he spoke it, you still speak, be cast into the sea, but sometimes you've got to start walking towards it. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I thought I saw it move. Maybe that was a breeze. You walk again. Oh, no, no, it's trembling a little bit. You keep walking. You're like, oh, my gosh, this thing's moving because works are now applied with your faith. Does that make sense to you guys? Um, Yeah, so these steps forward are what then enables faith to come alive, uh, works, and how we can creatively work our faith. So um, if you guys want to stand, we'll pray. And uh, take communion.